possibly bleak as this. Welcome back to Box to Box. My name is Harry Hicks, and as always, I'm joined by Thomas McKeon. Tommy, how are you? I'm doing well, Harry. Uh, I had a, coming back from a nice long uh, winter break. Good. My voice, uh, and, as you can tell, is very soothing right now. You know? Oh, beautiful. Okay, I'll you. Beautiful. <laughs> um, as well as I'm joined by Max Botcher. Max, how are you doing? Pretty good. Happy Happy New Year, guys. How's Happy um, New Year, indeed. Happy New Year. How was your guys' uh, break? My break was good. I was in Puerto Rico, which was nice. Uh, a little different than the Chicago weather, so I was able to back for a little bit, which was very nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom, the, uh, quarantine was nice. I was in the Chicago weather, but it was nice. I went downtown a decent amount. I went That's to good. the MCA, the Field Museum. Um, yeah, good time. Uh, I it was a negative I'm a museum goer. <laughs> it was a negative 23 wind chill today. You guys see that? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I did not go outside. I, I noticed it on my walk to get some uh, falafel for lunch. So Classic. Right through my coat. <laughs> um, all right, well, this is our very first episode of 2022, and us here at Box to Box are very excited for this new year um, with some new updates to our podcast and to our content. Um, so we're proud to announce that we will... Um, actually after this episode, but we will start putting our videos on YouTube as well. Um, so you can see our lovely faces to go along with our soothing voices, especially Tommy's this today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so along with our YouTube, um, we're also, there is some nice investment and some new sound equipment. So hopefully our sound will be a little bit better and a little bit clearer. Um, and hopefully less laggy since we will be doing these in person. Um, and then last, what? What you saying? <laughs> last, lastly, maybe most importantly, um, we are going to actually have a proper upload schedule from now on. So um, we're recording this on Wednesday, but uh, make sure to keep an eye out every Friday for new episodes on, uh, on both our YouTube and um, our podcast, just on Spotify and right. Apple Music. So. Um, if we do not post, if we do not post at noon on Friday, <laughs> we individually have to go to your house and personally apologize. You can count on us. That's, that's, the, that's the B2B guarantee. Um, yeah, so very excited for 2022. Um, I know you boys are as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but without further ado, should we talk about some soccer? About that time. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I don't have so. any... Any stories they've been seeing this week that they want to start us off with? Ricardo Pepe to Augsburg. Another American <laughs> sub Bundesliga. I'm excited oh for this. I'm excited. I think yeah, it's the been... most expensive American. I think 20 mil oh, uh, transfer fee. So, um, I mean, high hopes, obviously. And he's probably expected to lead the, the team to the World Cup in 2022. Yeah, and he's only 18, right? Yeah, I think 18. Yeah, so he... Another I mean, FC Dallas guy. Yeah, and think about all those um, other Americans that have been through the Bundesliga. Uh, Pulisic, McKenney, obviously, but some mm-hmm. others. Sergeant, uh, Scally, Tommy Scott. Reina. I don't yeah. think Scally. Chris Richards. Yeah. Chris Richards, yeah. So he'll be... I think that's good that he probably has some familiarity with the league or at least has heard some stuff about it. So um, hopefully he can do well. And I also do think that's a good... Um, fit for him because I, I know he was kind of touted to Bayern and whatnot but that seems like a big step right off the bat so I think it's better if he can kind of um, get in the trenches a little bit and sort his, sort his um, self out yeah I agree um, yeah not much to say I, I hope he hope he does well yeah. 20 million is a lot for an 18 year old but he is starting for US um, and yeah we'll see we'll see what I'm um, looking at this week, I was I was watching a lot of Premier League over the break. It was nice. It was uh, 
the festive like, fixtures. The, yes, of course. The Boxing Day fixtures. Crazy <laughs> Boxing Day. Um, kind of crazy because like half the teams are like um, have COVID out outbreaks. So it's like, should these games be happening? I don't know. But it was nice. It was nice to watch. Um, and something I noticed was like the table is finally like kind of sorting itself out in terms of the, the big teams are coming back and um, teams like Arsenal and Tottenham are really actually competing with Man City and Liverpool. Those like Tottenham, Tottenham beat Liverpool and Arsenal had a, a good shout to beat Man City. Um, a couple of controversial calls in that game. Um, I don't know what you guys have you guys been watching those games with those like Arsenal, Tottenham and I guess not United, but like those teams are actually seem um, competent at this point in the season. Yeah, I think Tottenham, Arsenal, and West Ham have been kind of my favorite teams to watch recently. Um, because first of all, it's not like when I'm watching Chelsea, I'm often stressed out because they're playing to yeah. the very last minute. But I'm also just watching the floor and getting that fourth um, fourth place finish. And I think they're all kind of right neck and neck, and um, one mistake could cost them. Um, so actually, I guess one thing that I've been looking at transfer-wise is um, Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, and West Ham are kind of, I'm sure they're all going to put some money in or put some money out um, this January. Um, and then I guess notably, two that I thought were important, or I think they're kind of all going for a striker. I think Tottenham wants Vlavic. I saw West Ham might go for Patrick Schick, and then also right. Arsenal might go for... Uh, Isaac or Isaac? Yeah. The guy yeah. Isaac. Out, I think. Yeah, that guy's crazy good. Um, and that would all be those would be three like pretty big um, young strikers going to the Premier League for those kind of um, fourth place teams, which I thought I think would be really exciting. Even if one or two of them come over, it'd be um, always exciting to see kind of a new striker. And those teams are all kind of looking for one. Yeah. Well, they're in fourth, fifth, and sixth, respectively. And think of like the difference between making the champions league um versus making the what the europa conference league um so any transfers right now is like such a big investment um because there's such a big big outcome at the end of the season if they actually um compete and get, get that fourth spot um which i think is pretty crazy that like yeah the difference in like not not only just like clubs like being in the champions league and the, the morale that builds but money like like the difference like a, a team reaching the group stage of the champions league makes probably just as i think it's around the same as like reaching the final of the europa league I think it's more yeah it's insane and the same the difference so just like one point can do it so these teams have to go all in on this transfer window luckily i think chelsea's in the in the clear we're not gonna have to worry about europa league we'll see yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Obviously, um, January is just getting going, but I'm excited to see some transfers come through the doors of different teams. Um, all right. Well, I think what we can do now is move into actually one of our new segments that we're going to be doing um, where we choose a match of the week um, and each give a prediction on that match. Um, and this will be a little different than our usual match predictions because we're going to just choose one game and actually uh, keep track of how many or of our predictions. Um, so we'll keep score against each other to get a little competition in there. Um, and I guess for scoring, we're going to have one point if you guess the result correctly, and then an additional two points if you get the score correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so much, much to play for. Uh, so this week we're going to choose uh, Roma versus Juventus on this coming Sunday. Um, anyone have a have a take off the bat? Who they got? This is uh, this is going to be a close one, honestly. Um, I mean, Juve Juve in fourth, Roma in fifth. Um, each have a goal differential of ten, two points apart. So, like, you could say it's a coin flip. I mean, even they played back in October, and Juve won one zero. Um, and actually, they saved a penalty from Roma. So it, it really could have been 1-1, even though I think Roma played better. Um, but for me, I think it comes down to um, really where the team's trending. And I think Roma is trending uh, upwards more than Juventus is. Um, 
I think there's a lot of uncertainty with Juventus just with players um, either leaving, Dybala leaving, um, most likely. Uh, Morata's going to end up staying, um, but, you know, there are a lot of older players on that team, and it almost kind of feels like a makeshift team. Delict maybe leaving. Um, but Roma has a bunch of, like, young players um, that are on that team, and I think the scoring is more spread, spread out. So I'm taking Roma in this one. Um, What's the score? I'm thinking, uh, I think 2-0 Roma. Mark that down. 2-0. I'm marking that down. Let me put on my little... (laughs) Your legal legal pad. 2-0 Roma in Rome. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, well, not very contentious. I'm also going for Roma. I think I'm going to say 2-1 for Roma, uh, just because... You know, they are a little you leaky fool. in the back at times. <laughs> yeah, Tom, or Max, how could you say such a thing? Obviously, <laughs> they're going to get a goal. Um, but I think overall, Roma are going to edge it out um, because uh, I think, I believe Dybala is hurt, first of yeah. all. So I don't think, um, obviously, Moise Keane has been playing pretty well recently, but um, I don't think they have the firepower up top to get past um, Roma. And then also, I think one of the biggest factors that Roma has on their side is the Mourinho factor. Um, and Mourinho shows up for big games. This is a big, although it is just a league game, it is a big game, like you were saying, Max. Um, and I think just a little over a month ago, uh, when Roma was playing playing Atalanta, or less than a month ago, when they played Atalanta, it was 4-1. Tamar Abraham was two goals. Um, that's a big game. That shows that they can score goals. That shows that they're eager to win. So uh, I'm saying 2-1 Roma. Um, and I'm expecting to take all three points in this in this very first round. <laughs> you fools. Yeah. I agree with you guys, but I don't think you guys are bold enough, all right? Damn, Tom. You know why? Because Juve has um, Chiellini's out with COVID. Benucci's out with, like, some hamstring thing. Rabio's out. Artur is out. So um, they're going to c- come up with, they have Delit still. I don't even know who their like fourth center back is. Do you guys know? Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, I think. Let's see. What's the mechanic? <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at that, bro. Rugani. So, I think it's Rugani, right? Oh uh, yeah. Italian. He was at the non-rare when with like. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um and like McKenny, so it's gonna be like McKenny and Locatelli and midfield is it's not going to be a strong defensive controlled game from Juventus um yeah it's still Juventus but they also have to come up against Tammy Abraham who has had like four goals in the last four games Mkhitaryan's on fire and um I think uh I I, I was like I was doing some research I don't know who this guy is but his name's Veritout he's basically oh my the God, other side man. do you know who that's Veritout my is? wild that's my wild card he's on fire right now he just yeah, got he called up like... for the Fran- team France. Really? He just got call- yeah. He just got called that's up. I think sick. for the first time since the U twenty ones. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He has like nine goal contributions this year already. He's like the other side of. That's why I'm, I'm really interested to see how Roma play because it seems like their wing backs are kind of shit. Um, they have like one assist each and no goals, but they're like two center mid more attacking center mids are going like crazy. So I want to see like how I don't know. That's like kind of a weird. Um, formation where your only attackers are your two center mids and your two forwards and then your wing backs don't do much uh, I, I do want to see what happens but i think based on the injuries i think it's gonna be 3-1 roma and i will collect i will collect those points mm-hmm. i'll see you guys next week yeah oh, last minutes. minute i'll make an additional prediction jose Mourinho on the pitch celebrating he's crossing <laughs> the line right in, right That's in front stuff. of uh max allegri Nice knee slide. <laughs> yeah, he's knee sliding into the corner. <laughs> you get a point. You get a point if you get <laughs> that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, your scores, your predictions have been recorded. Um, so we will have to see this coming Sunday uh, what the result is. But uh, moving forward, what we're going to be able to do is next week do a little bit of a recap um, update on um, our personal scores. Uh, and then move into our predictions for the match of the week to come. So um, I'm pretty excited about this segment. I think it should be, I think it should be fun. And I'm 
you know, like I like I was saying earlier, just ready to ready to win. Mm, okay, bro. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, bro. All right. Well, seeing that it is 2022, um, and we have been internally prompted by each other to each come up with two bold predictions um, to happen over the course of 2022. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, this is a heavy prediction episode, but we're going for it. Um, anyone eager to start us off? Thomas, it's you. Okay. Um, I'll start with one. Um, my first bold prediction Let me hear it. is AX reaches the Champions League final. Mm. I'll give some reasons. I'll give a few reasons. Sebastian Aller. Sebastian Allaire is one of them. That kid Anthony is one Anthony, of them. Anthony, yeah. Todd is just a little But, um, you know, like, Ajax, they have their years, like, every three years, you know, and the, um, they come up with this young squad, and they go pretty far. You, like, in 2019, they went pretty far with Ziyech, and Tadish was still there, um, DeLitt, um, De Jong. What a crazy squad. I feel like it's going to be a... Oh, I'll keep on going. I don't know. I, I, I ran out. <laughs> There's probably more, but I ran out. Um, and I feel like the competition this year, while the teams are improving, aren't that great. You know, Barcelona's not in it. Um, Real Madrid is improving, they're but stepping still, up. still not there. Yeah, they're definitely stepping up. But I feel like if there is a year to make it um, and probably maybe get lucky against Liverpool, I, really the, the four teams to watch out for are Liverpool, Man City. Who do they Chelsea. play next round? Um, I actually don't know, and I don't care. They're still gonna win. Um, I can look up. Really no, quick. but I think I mean I think uh, I just remember watching the um, draft or whatever when they're reading out the names a couple of weeks ago. I, like ben, one of the teams ben, ben I really Fica. don't. Okay, Benfica. Yeah, that's winnable for them. Um, yeah, definitely yeah. win. But yeah, one of the teams I didn't want Chelsea to come up against was Ajax because they are looking very good and very threatening. Yeah. Um, Ten, Ten Hag was it Ten Hag the Harry coach? Hag. Yeah, he has an incredible, like very fluid system. I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like they they had a perfect record in the in yeah. The they dogged on Dortmund, who should have they been their yeah. like challenger. And I don't know really know why they're second in their league, but I feel like they're coming up big in the Champions League right now, and that's what they're focusing on. And I just it's mostly a good feeling. I feel like this is Ajax's year to really make a push and actually reach the final and maybe win the final, but I, I'm not going that far. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. That would be pretty crazy. That would be pretty sweet. Um, all right, I like that. I like that. Uh, Max, what you got? All right. So. Drum roll. Bayern wins the Champions League with Germany following up and winning the World Cup later in the year. Okay. Which is which is going which is going to cement Hansi Flick as probably one of the greatest coaches. Um, yeah, I just I just looked up. The, I was looking up the the like FIFA rankings before this. I think the U.S. is above Germany. Yeah, Germany's, Germany's at twelve. Sick, though. Germany's at twelfth place in in the yeah. FIFA rankings, and I don't really yeah, explain that. Bro. Look at FIFA rankings at all? No. Um, but. I mean, I would say that Germany can beat the United States um, at this point, really? you know? <laughs> um, um, but yeah. We I, drew I against Jamaica. Since Hansi, Hansi Flick took over. at the way you phrased that. <laughs> since Hansi took over, seven games, seven wins, 31 goals scored, and two goals against. 31 goals in seven games. You're playing like that's, Estonia, though. That's un, un yeah. Nine of those came against Liechtenstein. <laughs> you know, but like, um, but still, I think Bayern's Bayern's core is like mostly Germans: Kimmich, Goretzka, midfield: Sané, Gnabry, Neuer, Sule. Rudiger is is having a great year at Chelsea, so I expect all those players to be stepping up for Germany when it comes time for the World Cup. And I really think they're going to win it. Their weakest points are their left and right backs. Who are those going to be? And finding a pure natural striker. And that and Germany really hasn't had that since Klose in like 2014. You know, mm. Muller, Muller has played up top. 
Gnabry has played up top. So um, Hansi's definitely going to have to figure out, like, how are they going to play without a, a natural striker? Timo, I mean, Timo's going to be up there, but he hasn't played particularly well for Germany. Um, but recently, since since he's been no, playing for Hansi, he scored. Bit. Yeah. So um, I see Germany and Bayern uh, taking it home this year. Well, what changes from the Euros when they, I think they lost 2-0 to England to be knocked out? What What's the difference this time around? Because obviously they're going to have to play someone of a similar caliber or better at some point. I think um, I think the coaching. I think the players just didn't believe in, in Lerv anymore. Um, and I think that's been going on for a while. Um, and I think since Hansi took over, you can see there's more energy in the team. Um, they, com- they play completely different. Um, and I think Lerv was unwilling to change his strategy or how teams play based on how the teams play now. Um, I think he was like stuck in playing the same way he did 10 years ago. Um, and do you, so. okay. And on the, I guess we haven't spoken about, about this yet. Um, how is Bayern win the Champions League? That's, you, <laughs> you, do, you put two predictions in one to make it very bold, which I like. Yeah. So, um, parlay. I, I think, yeah, this is a parlay. Um, <laughs> I think, I think Bayern is one of the one of the favorites for the Champions League. Um, they're they're coming up and they should win their next game against Salzburg, um, unless Adeyemi scores like five goals against them. But um, you know, as long as Bayern stays healthy, and I think that was their downfall last year. A lot of their key players got hurt against the tie against PSG. But if they stay healthy, I think their first squad is strong enough. They have the chemistry to do it. They have the experience to do it. And they have leaders on the team um, to really, you know, push forward if they do go down or anything like that. So Chelsea, Bayern, Champions League final will be there. I was looking at tickets. They're like $5,000 for nosebleeds. So. Oh, that oh, little? We'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're making so much from this podcast. It'll be nothing. Yeah. Um, might be able right. to get some sponsor tickets. Exactly. Um, all right. For my first prediction, I'm going to say both Juventus and Barcelona missed out on the Champions League. Um, neither of them are in the top four right now, which is why I combined them together to make it a little bit more bold. But right now, Juve are, I believe, in fifth place behind Inter, AC Milan, Napoli, and Atalanta. And then Roma's right behind them. And after Roma wins this weekend 2-1, um, obviously, Juve will oh, already yeah, no, be on no, the no, back no, stuff. No. Three one, three one, three one. <laughs> um, and, you know, I feel like they are over-reliant on Dybala these days. Um, obviously, Morata and Moise Keane have been doing their part, but I think Dybala is the heart of that team these days, at least going forward. Um, and the guy is injured, whatever, every three games. Um, and I think they're kind of asking too much of him. Um, he's also out of contract this year, looking to go somewhere else. I don't think he's going to renew his contract. Um, so I think that's part of their heart is out of it too. Um, I haven't heard any new rumors for them coming up other than the fact that they're trying to keep Murata who wants to leave and stuff like that, or who at least was being rumored away. Um, and so although I do think they have the talent there, I think these other teams are kind of charging forward. Um, and over these past couple of years have been, um, you know, just, growing that much better and better um, while Juventus has been going the other way. Um, so I think I'm mostly confident that they're not going to make it. And then Barca, I think, is a little similar. I do think they have a better shot better shot at it right now. I think the table reads Madrid, Sevilla, Betis, um, Atletico Madrid, and then Barcelona. Um, so obviously, you know, Betis normally isn't quite so high up the table, so we could see them falter a little bit. But um, I think Barcelona is a similar thing. They just have, like, no goals in their team. Obviously, Ferran Torres um, could help that. But I also think Ferran Torres can't play unless they sell someone else because they don't have the wage space for him. Yeah, so I, think I saw that so today, much too. going on at that club, but um, I'm not backing them either. Um, so uh, although I both, I do think that they both are capable of it, um, I don't think either of them are going uh, to make the Champions League this year which will also set them even further back. Like Tommy, you were saying that those Champions League spots are so vital to clubs kind of building on themselves, getting that money. Um, and so I think their, their slide is going to 
continue. And I think Juventus honestly is gonna have to do like a team overhaul this summer. Um, I think Barcelona's yeah. a little bit now, but I think I think Juve has to kind of clear house. Yeah, I think the the money thing is huge, right? Like being able to go out and buy players, but it's also if you're not in the Champions League, it becomes so much harder to attract players like a Holland. Holland is going to be less willing to go to a team that's not going to be playing in the Champions League. And if Barcelona wants Holland and they're not playing in the Champions League, like that's that's a big miss out for him. Especially, I don't know if you guys remember Holland saying that his alarm clock is the Champions League theme song. So he's not trying, he's not doing <laughs> Barca if they're not in the league. <laughs> Uh, that is like commitment i can't believe that's like true oh my god that's so funny i don't know but who knows if he still does does that but i remember he's, i'm saying that in one interview <laughs> first of all that's way too peaceful it would not wake me up um but I guess, you know he has that energy um, I, I, I was, he flips the on button his solar panels wake him up in the morning yes yeah. <laughs> you saying he's a robot yes yeah. okay cool i i want to yeah i actually i would love to see Juve and Barcelona both miss out. Mostly because I want to see duking it out in the Europa League. I want to yeah. see that. <laughs> I want to see that. I like I'm actually genuinely excited to see Barcelona come up against just like random Europa League um teams. Um but like I just I feel like um A, I really think fans of these big teams and that like I am a fan of Chelsea, one of these big teams, like really just like hate the idea of not being in the Champions League and it's just like I see it on Twitter people are just like it's like the most important thing is like at least securing a top four spot because like like even being not in the Champions League for a year is like such a like a mental well look at Arsenal they haven't been there in like five or six years and yeah yeah. so long to recover exactly so and you, you just like you because we see like the top clubs as the top clubs this is like 10 years ago, these weren't the top clubs and it's, it's not as, um, as set as we think it is. I think teams like Barcelona should be there. Juventus, um, are usually there, but like 10 years ago, AC Milan and Inter were, were the head of the, the Serie A. So I don't know. It's, it feels like in the long run, it's like, there are like, ebb and flow. uh, ebb and flows for these teams. And I'd like to actually like witness, Right. kind of like a, a change in the guard and actually see like smaller teams, especially from like Syria and um, La Liga actually compete in the, the Champions League. Yeah, and Barcelona has Napoli next in the Europa League. So that would even be, could be tough for them. That's the first Napoli round down. exit. Yeah. Yeah. First round <laughs> exit right there. We'll see. All right, Tommy, why don't you ro- roll us forward with number two? Um, This one's like... <laughs> I just want this to happen. I want Argentina to win the World Cup. I want Messi to end his international career. I know he won a, a Copa America, but I think just like from that 2014 loss, um, I was really pulling for Argentina and really pulling for Messi. Um, and this is like his his last chance to to make to win a World Cup. I feel like for a player of Messi's caliber, I'm Team Messi, by the way. I I, I think Messi. Um, in order for him to really like cap off his career, Copa America was great, but World Cup would be, be incredible. Be awesome. World Cup is a World Cup, um, so I just want to see that. Yeah, real, real quick, I, I I have a third option just in case this did happen. Oh. But actually, one of my my second prediction was Germany versus Argentina World Cup final. Oh, well, I was just about to say, Tommy, are you saying there's going to be a 2014 rematch, Germany Argentina? Right, possibly. And then yeah. our prediction That'd is be nice. and then the Mario Gotza makes the <laughs> makes the he comes team. Back. <laughs> he comes back. No, no Tommy, I think crazy. that would be sick. And I do think, um, you know, I haven't watched as much Argentina recently, but um, I also was um, going to predict that they that they win it this year. Um, all I've been hearing about them is that they, all the Argentine players, like love playing with the national team, which doesn't always happen you know some teams you know are kind of focusing more on their league or whatnot but um i mean you think messi messi has a one-track mind messi wants to win yeah. the world cup um but i you know hearing all these reports that all the players for the team are loving it they're all gelling really well they all want to be there they all want to work extra hard for argentina um so you know i think they have the grit on that end um and so yeah you know, are just on paper also just such a strong team. So I definitely think they have the firepower to get it done. 
I also just want to say I'm so excited for the World Cup. I feel like we've we've been following like club soccer a lot, like a lot. Like club soccer is big, but like if you like think about like like think of like um, games you've watched or like highlights you watched from like the the 80s, the 90s. Most of them are probably like World Cup games. You know, there's like there's club club games, but like in terms of the the overall like. So, like soccer football world psyche the world cup is so big right. and i'm so excited to actually like witness that witness some crazy goals um some storylines and just like the, the world cup winners will go down in history and we'll remember this in probably like right. 30 years mm-hmm. especially it'd be fun to watch this one just because we have over this past whatever year been following soccer like we normally do but really following it and really taking note of all these different players um for this podcast so it'll be fun to kind of be able to watch it with a little bit more of a trained eye mm-hmm. um all right max number two all right i don't think i don't think anyone on this podcast is gonna like this one mm. but bold prediction real madrid will get holland and rudiger in the summer as well as mbappe <laughs> this winter <laughs> Okay. You think they're getting him this winter? What? I, I let me explain. Mbappe just said he's not leaving this winter. I think I, I understand he's that, lying. but I think he want. I think it's clear that he wants to go to Madrid, and I also think that if Madrid comes through with an offer for some money, that PSG is almost like otherwise they're going to lose him for free. If Madrid says like give us 50, 60 mil, and that's their push to win the Champions League this year with Mbappe on the opposite side as Vinny, like that team's going to be like so nasty more than it already is. Um, and PSG would probably be willing to take 50, 60 mil in the winter right now, because it's not like they're playing that well with the team they have right now. Um, and they're also in like an unbelievable amount of debt. Right. So um, I also did some, some financial digging on like how yeah. they're going to prediction. <laughs> I did some financial digging on like how they're going to afford this. And the La Liga president actually said that Madrid can afford both of them. So um, Madrid has sold over $200 million worth of players um, in the last like two years. So they sold Odegaard and Varane. Um, They actually haven't paid a transfer fee for first team player since 2019. Um, And so they've also saved a bunch of money from, you know, Varane's salary, Ramos's salary, and then at the end of this year, um, Bale, Marcelo, and Isco are all probably going to be off the books as well, um, which means with like five or six players, they can afford these guys. Um, but at the same time, like who wouldn't want these guys like on their team? Like Mbappe and Holland at 75 mil, I think, release clause. Like they're getting probably – some of the best players in the world right now at like a huge discount that's true i think um i don't know how to i think what i agree with with your prediction i think um they'll get mbappe in the summer i think in the summer um i also think they have a shot at holland um you know he said he wanted either barcelona or um madrid and since we now know that barcelona is not going to make the champions league that leaves one option so uh, I support you there. I don't think Rudiger is going to go to, um, sorry, Madrid. Um, I think they actually just a couple of days ago spoke out saying that um, they're kind of happy with uh, who are the two center backs right now? I don't know. Alaba. Maybe Alaba and Militao, Al- maybe. Al- yeah, Alaba yeah, and Militao. Um, and so they're looking for more of a younger, like understudy, um, which yeah. Rudiger would not be. But that can still happen, obviously, Max. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's an unfortunate chance that both Mbappe and Holland go to Madrid, which yeah. is not good for any other team who wants to have hope. Yeah, like that's such a stark difference between Barcelona and Real Madrid. Real Madrid have just been like, like they, they haven't been performing that well, but it's the reason isn't because they're in financial disarray. The reason is they, they're in like a, a small rebuild and that and they have 200 million now to cash out on Mbappe, the two best players in the world. Yeah. They could, if they if they get Mbappe this summer and Holland this summer, Holland's release clause is what, 65 million? They could get both those players for, say, with fees under 100 million. 
That's yeah. absurd. That's upsetting. I'm just yeah, that's like, ridiculous. Why don't we, why don't we get Holland? Yeah, instead of Lukaku. We'll talk about Lukaku. Yeah, I guess we missed that. Um, what are we doing? Oh my gosh. Well, I, for, for the hope of Chelsea and other teams, I hope that doesn't happen. But um, also, it would be kind of sick to see. Um, yeah. That would be mm-hmm. kind of nasty. Well, also with Vinicius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Benzema would fit in on that team then. You know? He's, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, like he'll be, he'll be the Chupo Motor. Yeah, he'll be and a backup. Bob, yeah. He'll be a backup. You have, you have Vinicius on the left, Holland in the middle, and then Mbappe on the right. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's career mode. That's literally career mode. That's career mode. That's almost as good as Dumbia, Ibarbo, and Jervinho, but not as good. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my last prediction, which I guess is a little bit closer to home for us. I'm going to say Timo Werner leaves Chelsea over the summer. Um, I guess I don't know how bold that is, but... Don't break my heart. No, I think, you know, Chelsea has so many uh, offensive players these days, and I think one of the players that holds the most value still is Timo Werner. I think they can still sell him for $50 million, um, and I think... Knowing Chelsea, they're not afraid to buy, so I think they're likely look to buy another attacker, um, someone maybe that fits closer to Timo or to Thomas Tuchel's um, needs. So I think Timo Werner would be the most likely to be outgoing. Um, I think players like Hakim Ziyech um, obviously are already linked away, and I could see him leaving as well. But I think um, Timo holds more value, and I think they're going to look to sell him to kind of get some money to reinvest into a new player. Um, a couple players I was thinking were either. Uh, Christopher Nkuku, Nkuku or um, the guy we were talking about, Anthony from Ajax, would be kind of mm-hmm. sick. And I think it plays a similar role um, to Timo Werner and uh, the fact that they are kind of those more, should be more bold players moving forward. Um, and so I think he'd be a good fit. And also, initially, I was thinking, okay, maybe Pulisic leaves, but Pulisic has been playing so well lately and showing himself um, how he can play as a right wing back, left wing back. Or today he even played right back. So um, I think he yeah, showed a little nice. bit more versatility. Uh, not that I feel good with him at right back, but <laughs> I think a little bit more versatility to his game that Timo just doesn't have. Um, and with Connor Gallagher coming in and whatnot, um, unfortunately, I think Timo is going to have to go play Fortnite elsewhere. God, I hope not. I'd be so sad. Yeah, I'm so sad. I don't know where he'd he's end up going. like such a nice guy, but... No, but I, I mean, he's still like the thing is he's still a top class player. There's got to be so many teams out there. If he goes back to, you know, he, I mean, he go to Bayern Munich for all I know, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, Bayern Dortmund, one of those German teams, or, um, you know, I don't know anywhere else. But I think he still holds value. I think a lot of coaches still see him as a prime player, even though some fans I feel like don't give him the respect he deserves. But um, I think like even when he was faltering, I think Liverpool were kind of flicking around to see if he was you know, what Chelsea were thinking about him because they saw him as a um, valuable asset and obviously they were in for him the summer we got him. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, as sad def- as it is, I do think he's he's on his way out. He definitely is like a much more, like in terms of goal and assist output, it hasn't been there this year. But in terms of like tactics and how he like creates space and allows, um, a lot of times when Timo's on the pitch, we have an outlet of just like booting the ball and Timo's there. Um, I feel like a lot of coaches see that as valuable. That a lot of, yeah, like fa- fans looking at the goals and assist stats. Right. Won't. <clears throat> yeah. But also, yeah, I kind of agree that he's not finding his, his fit. He's not molding into the side as much as he was at Leipzig. He needs to be, I don't know, playing in a, a two striker formation with a larger striker to build off of. And we've tried that with Lukaku and it's not really working. So we'll see. Right. And also I think he has one of the higher wages on the team. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, Chelsea, I feel like what they really need is kind of some consistent starters, um, which kind of more these days looks more like some combination of Lukaku, um, Mount Havertz, and maybe Pulisic or something like that. Um, team obviously has been out with some injuries or COVID, but um I think I think we will have to say goodbye to him. So we'll see. Um, all right. Speaking of Chelsea, let's do our little Chelsea Bayern update and go back go back to our roots. 
Mm. Um, I guess Bayern not so much. They've been uh, on vacation celebrating the holidays. So yeah, and look how that That's turned out. Update. Yeah, <laughs> now they all have COVID. Yeah, how many is yeah. that on the list, Max? Uh, let me see it. Neuer, Hernandez, Coleman, Sané, Tolisso, Nakano, Richards, Nianzu, Davies, Sar, and Chupomating are playing for Afcon, and then Goretzka and Suler are still coming back from injury. Are, when's their next game? Friday. <laughs> Who are they going to play? apparently they're playing apparently they're playing (laughs) and i think they're gonna have to bring up players from like nagelsman's on the the pitch yeah like yeah nagelsman will play at strike under (laughs) (laughs) no that's gonna be crazy i mean it's gonna be like a really interesting game i feel like you know i know that'll be kind of (laughs) wild so we'll see yeah that is crazy a little off topic but i think one rule implementation that all leagues should implement is if a penalty shootout goes to the goalkeepers and they both either score or don't score, the coaches have to take the next yeah. penalty. <laughs> I want to see Nagelsmann versus Tuchel in the Champions League final, 13th oh, penalty. Yeah. That, would be, that would be nice. Yeah, I mean, they're on the team. Come on. Then we go yeah, through fine. the bench. <laughs> and we start, then we start at seat 1S. And then you go through, like, <laughs> what? The <assistant laughs> coaches... You have the team doctors and physicians kick too. <laughs> oh man, well, that was off topic. But, um, <laughs> um, all right, well, there's a little bit more meat to talk about with Chelsea. Um, obviously, it's been a while since we last recorded an episode, but many games were played. Um, I don't, can't think of all the results off the top of my head, but I think the most notable were the most of the two recent ones um, with the two-two tie to Liverpool in the uh, Premier League, and then um, earlier today with the. 2-0 win against Tottenham. Um, so, yeah, big Yeah, so Tom, you want to start us off with well, You know, before that, we, were, we drew Brighton and then we beat Aston Villa. And, um, like, it's kind of hilarious that right at that, like, December has is a terrible month for Chelsea. They've always, oh, like, struggled in December. And then today, this morning, what, what, what month is it? Oh, it's January. We looked insane. We Throwing looked like heat. so fluid. Oh, it's time to actually play again. Um, and I want to talk about Lukaku a little bit. I don't want to go into the um, interview that much. He just like seemed like he wanted to apologize for Inter, uh, how he left Inter, but did it in a terrible way that just like seeing like Inter doesn't care anymore because they have Jekko and they're top of the league and they're just like kind of like um, and now Chelsea fans are pissed off at him because it seems like he doesn't want to be here luckily he played today and he actually seemed um it seems like all right he didn't play that great but he seemed to be like really trying and um trying to redeem himself and he apologized <laughs> But like before the interview, he was he scored against Brighton and he got um, I think it was a goal against... and a, he scored against Villa and he um, won the penalty to finish right. the game. Um, so he was like actually like finally finding his form again, um, and it was really just like shitty timing for him to come back, uh, or just like I don't know, it's it's weird. Um, I don't know. What do you guys? What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think what's for me, what I like to see is kind of, I feel like for December, like you were saying, Tommy, it seemed like every game I was going into, like a little bit nervous. I was like, oh gosh, what's, I don't want to lose again. I don't want to have another last second um, yeah. tie and all that stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I feel like it was literally that Liverpool game. Um, you know, I feel like there was hope on the team. We were 2 0 down, and then we came back and we're like, oh my gosh, well, we can actually play well. We're still one of the best teams in the world. We can still do this. Um, and so, you know, it was so fun to see the stadium just crumbling down or like shaking. Um, that was, that was the most electric playing. moment I've seen. That was wild. I mean, we should, have, we should have won that game. Mm-hmm. We should have won yeah. it. That was uh, a crazy game. Even before those two goals, like Mane and Salah scored, um, from like very low quality chances or like Mane's was like a, a mistake and Salah was a crazy goal. Um, and then we had Pulisic should have put one away and like a couple of other chances. Like it was still an even game when it was, we were two, two Oh down. Pulisic and we came back is and... not a right wing back. This man needs to, is not a center forward. He is a right <laughs> winger or a left winger and he will destroy teams. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, if he's <laughs> put in the right spot. So I feel about like Hudson Odoi. Once Hudson Odoi plays left wing, his position, he's yeah. great. He's amazing. But when he plays a right wing back, he's not that good. Right. It's crazy. It's weird. I, w- I will say the only bad thing about the Chelsea Liverpool game was that they tied, which is what neither team wanted. And only, <laughs> only makes the gap between City and those two teams bigger. You know, it was like at least both of them got to the point and like, Chelsea came back and got a point out of it. But at the same time, like the gap between city and the, the second place team is, is bigger now. Yeah, um, it is bigger, but um, I mean, individually for Chelsea, obviously a tie is better than a loss. Same with Liverpool, yes. but um, yeah. yes, city was watching that um, foam at the mouth excited for that. So yeah. Um, well, then this game today, I thought was pretty good as well. Um, I think my man of the match was Kai Havertz. Um, obviously, it's kind of hard to say that since he only played the first half, but mm-hmm. um, I thought he played so well. Um, I don't know. He was kind of in that... He was either playing off Lukaku or just kind of in a you know, a number 10 role. Um, Nobody we knows f- what that was. <laughs> right, we played a little, bit of, a little bit of a different formation today, but oh my gosh, it was... I mean, Kai was everywhere. I saw him, you know, he was re- receiving the ball like all the way next to Marcus Alonso, then he was on the other <laughs> side... Um, and I thought he really linked the team together and was like everywhere at once. Um, and he was connecting so well with Mason Mount. I think the only player that, that he wasn't really connecting with was Lukaku, but um, I think that's more on Lukaku. I think still trying to find his role in these, in this Chelsea team, but mm-hmm. I thought Kai looked phenomenal. I think his goal was a little bit lucky, but he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, should, yeah. should have had another one, honestly, another one that dropped right to him. And that was only the first half. Um, yeah. So I thought he looked like, top class and one of his better games um let's hope his pinky's okay <laughs> yeah i did see that i saw you oh, see yeah. that photo of it? it it was like inverted yeah he broke it apparently it's yeah. broken so hopefully um, you can no i think it. chelsea played super well today um i think for some reason today every every player seemed a little like twitchy like everyone was like really like there was some urgency on the team so like instead of like holding the ball back and then recycling it through the defense and back to the midfield there was like some urgency like let's get this ball to the other side or let's play through the middle let's push the pace like mount taking the ball forward let's play it out to alonzo and like send the ball in like there was a constant push to like try to score a goal which i loved i think part of that is the fact that it wasn't just like a double pivot with Jorginho and conta um because i think Jorginho, for as good as he is and i do think he's one of the most important players on the team but he's not good at creating chances or moving the ball forward like that. He's good at controlling the game, but having Mount next to him um, or kind of part of a three-man midfield, you know, just a little bit different. Um, and Mount, who's a more forward player, gets the ball at the field. And I think we saw that against Liverpool as well with Conte and Kovacic as a double pivot. Both of them are good at progressing the ball forward and taking on a man and getting the ball up into more dangerous areas. Um, and so I think that's the one huge downside of Jorginho is that he controls the game, but kind of also like nerfs our offense. Um, mm. So I, I do. I, I saw that as well, Tom. Or thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was. It was like the most confused I've ever been watching the game because I was trying to figure out the the formation the entire time. I was like, "What is going on?" Um, I thought. Yeah, I thought we just like dominated the midfield because we had uh, Jorginho, Mount, and Saul. Saul played pretty well, guys. He was, uh, he he was some crazy tackles. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, damn. Yeah, okay, okay. So. Yeah. I was like clapping to myself as I was watching. But like because of that, um, Tom and Mori only had their, their two-man midfield, and we were just like passing circles around them. And when they brought Ndombele on as more of a, a midfielder um, in the second half, they actually started like gaining possession and um, troubling us. Um, but we were just like passing around them in the first half, you know? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. they brought in Dombley on and it shook us for 10 minutes, but also then we figured it out. We figured it out. And, um, the only, we, I think we had like, we didn't have that many actual chances, um, in the first, like huge chances though, which is kind of a problem. I was looking at the, like the past map <clears throat> and Kai Havertz was the only like real, um, player that was getting a lot of the balls. Ziyech was getting the ball a decent amount and like kind of just like crossing it in. He had a couple of good crosses to Lukaku, 
but like we still kind of manufacture an open play like quality goal that isn't um based on like the tottenham giving away a ball or that crazy freak goal so like i'm still like i'm glad we like absolutely dominated possession but we still need to figure out where our goals are going to come from and like in what way i kind of agree with that i think i do think yeah we should have put more away i think but if you think about also um who scored the first goal kai scored the first goal second goal was an own goal um, but then you think Kai could have had that second one if you put a little stronger. Timo mm-hmm. had that good shot um, mm-hmm. that went just wide on the other side. And then Lukaku had that header that was just off the post. Yeah, and again, we had 19 shots to Tottenham's five. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, thought, I can't remember <laughs> the last time we've had like over 10 shots with actual conviction. Right. Um, but it, either way, Tom, we do need to finish those chances if we're getting them or not. We um, need that tad bit of ruthlessness that I'm always looking for. Um, yeah, yeah, but like looking, looking ahead, I think we're, we're, I feel good. Like I felt good at that game and that, um, this Saturday playing Chesterfield, I don't know if we're going to struggle with them. We're not playing the premier league for like a good week until man city the 15th. That's rough. Um, but like, we're going to have a good stretch and hopefully we'll come up against man city. We're playing Tottenham two more times and we already proved that we can dominate them so i'm looking yeah. for a good stretch i think that if we can beat tottenham three times in a row that'd be that'd be a statement against antonio conte as well because right. um, you know you think conte is a great coach he'll he'll look at how chelsea played today and figure out a way to combat it you know so if we mm-hmm. can beat them all three times in a row that'd be that would be pretty impressive Yes, sir. Um, alrighty. Well, I think that just about does it for this episode. Um, nice chatting with you boys. Um, and thank you to everyone who is listening. Um, we're pretty excited to kind of revamp um, this year. And so this is just the beginning. So, yes. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I, yeah, I, I, I await more. I, I will podcast with you guys again. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'll check on my schedule. Yes, yes, yes. All right, all right. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Boxers.